Parents everywhere are being told how to raise their littles because we are creating that infamous rod in our back and suppressing their independence. The Gentle Co-Sleeper podcast is here to myth-bust and fact-check those societal norms and scare tactics surrounding co-sleeping, bed-sharing, and responding to our baby's cries, while connecting you with resources, testimony, and experts in the parenting community around the globe, promoting safe sleep and secure attachment to our children. I wish to be all-inclusive as I navigate through my own journey of motherhood while trying not to raise assholes or lose my shit. Welcome to The Gentle Co-Sleeper. I am glad you're here. Hey, friend. <laughs> it's Alexis Honey here at the Gentle Co-Sleeper podcast. And welcome to the show. I am just so happy you're here today to have this conversation with me because it literally means the most. And I just cannot wait to kind of, you know, give my audience just a little insight to who I am what I stand for and what I've been through. I think that this narrative is just so important for me to share on my platform. I've really just wanted to for so long. And I think that I needed to go through this, the throes of all the things that this last two years has, you know, put me through to be able to just completely process. So I can tell the story and its entirety and where I'm at now. And I'm finally in such a great place in my life where I can just reflect and be able to tell my story, hoping that I could help other mommies that have similarly have gone through what I've been through. And hopefully that my story helps them and gives them some peace of mind and to know that it's not always going to be forever. And there is hope. And I'm hoping by the end of this episode, there is some clarity and some good education and good feels. So with that, I'm just going to start off every episode from now into the end of time. I'm going to share a story with you guys about the things my sons do. And today, Benjamin make the cut for the story of what I'm about to tell you. So I'm at the park with two of my girlfriends and Ben has been extremely curious as he's just learned how to pee standing up. We taught Ben how to go to the restroom sitting down on the toilet and now he knows he can stand to go pee. So he has explored all different ways to do so. So we're trying to encourage him back to the toilet, but it's been a quite of a journey as you will hear from the next few seconds. So we're out at the park and my son is a whole vibe anyway. Like if you know Benjamin, you know he's coming with an outfit that he picked out and he said what he said. And today it happened to be uh, sunglasses, rain boots, and all of their glory. And that's what he was wearing rain boots and sunglasses with his Paw Patrol sweater and ripped up jeans. He dressed himself. He looked great. And don't tell him any different. <laughs> well, I'm talking to my friend Courtney and she looks over and she goes, Alexis, I look to my dismay and I see my son's two little butt cheeks <laughs> as he's attempting to pee right in the wood chips. And I he looks over with his you know, polarized little looking sunglasses saying, I'm peeing in the wood chips. 
<laughs> so I go over there. I don't want to scare him. I'm not going to shame him. He's already there with his pants at his ankles. You know, I don't, I don't want to make him feel any crazier than this already looks. So I allow him to finish so I don't scare him. I pull up his little pants and I tell him that we're going to talk about it later. I don't want to make this huge ordeal as everybody's already staring at him. Anyway, so I tell him a little later, you know, like we're trying to get back in the toilet. We're trying. But, you know, right when you think your kids just can't do any more, they do the most. (laughs) I literally cannot get enough of him. And it's really, really fun and traumatizing. And it's just been great. Motherhood. Motherhood. There it is. And so moving into today's topic, this topic as a podcaster I would just call it the soul or the mecca of where I've seen myself at being a a podcaster. This is what I've, I've wanted to talk about and discussing motherhood uniquely to me, confidently on my own platform. So not I can not only educate the masses, but also provide a place where all mothers, and I repeat, every kind of mother out there, any kind of parent even, um that either looks like me or doesn't, that they can be better than what they've known. And they have a source that they can start at and begin that journey. And that source is with me and my platform and hopefully the professionals and the resources I can link them to. I would like to say that I'm starting my own like mothering woman search engine (laughs) where all women and parents and mothers can come to the gentle co-sleeper and find an avenue in which they are trying to get to a destination, whether that is a professional resource or an expert or even just some good old validation that their decision to be more responsive and gentle to their littles is the best one while giving themselves grace and unpacking their own baggage to be better for themselves and their kiddos. And it would be impossible for me to do that if I honestly just didn't talk about the dangerous stereotypes that as a mother I've been subjected to that black and brown and indigenous women of color have to combat every single day in their motherhood and in their womanhood. And I wouldn't feel right in continuing my journey as an influencer in the gentle, responsive, conscious communities without letting my listeners, followers, and supporters like know how important this topic is to me and what I have gone through as a black mommy, as a black gentle mommy in America and how I'm going to begin with all of that is with these archetypes and after defining these archetypes I will link them to the dangers they hold to all black mothers and women while sharing my own unique experiences of wearing the hat society has chosen for me to wear as well as many other black women and brown women in society and in this episode I speak to the black narrative as it is the narrative I can relate to. And I stand with awareness for all women of color when I talk about the importance of eliminating these stereotypes so brown and black children and mommies become safer and are seen as they are and not what our culture or society constructs see them as. So today in this episode, I am speaking the narrative to the identity I choose to embody, and that's the identity of the gentle black mother. To start off, I will my journey into black motherhood has been like a really emotional roller coaster. 
because I describe my first pregnancy as like romantic. It was like perfect. I was happy. I sang. I danced. I loved my belly. I read it. I read my belly stories. I took the bubble baths. I did the classes. I read the books. I was living. I was a glowing first time mom. I loved being pregnant and I loved my birth story. Um, and I will share my birth stories here in the future, but now my second pregnancy and birth was like so hard. (laughs) Okay. As I was pregnant in 2020, I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant three days before the pandemic hit and from the initial impact of COVID and then like the death of George Floyd, my world just was upside down. And I know that pregnant women all over the world were absolutely petrified. And I was just so terrified because I read an article in the local news written like two years prior, quoting Dr. Barbara Levy from the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. And she said that Washington, D.C. is the most dangerous place to give birth in the United States if you're an African-American woman. And like, I knew this going into my birth as I was pregnant in 2020 and I am a black woman and a mother whose hypervigilance and fear is kicked into hyperdrive. And I was only 45 minutes away from DC. Like this was, this shit was so scary. I, I did not want to deliver at this hospital in this small conservative Maryland town alone as the COVID restrictions were projecting me to do so. I was determined to have a home birth, but to no avail because of course my insurance would not cover the midwife I wanted. How can freaking venient. I was mortified. I only had like three prenatal visits my entire pregnancy outside of my anatomy visit. I was scared for me and I was scared for my little son. When my littlest was born, thank gosh my hubby was able to be there, but um, my baby, he came in like a freight train and I developed a softball size hematoma and that it ended up rupturing four days postpartum causing a neurological episode that they um, presumed to be a minor stroke and uh, I couldn't swallow my food and until I came into the hospital with a hole the size of a grapefruit and where my hematoma ruptured did they even believe I was experiencing these symptoms and after uh, after days of being not being able to swallow my food, I continued to have these episodes where I couldn't emote, like I couldn't like scream or be scared. I was just like stoic, like I couldn't, I couldn't really emote. It was so scary, and my heart would spike to like one ninety just laying down nursing my my littlest, and my motor skills would be limited. I couldn't drive a car. Like my husband is active duty too, so he was gone like sixteen hours a day and I I could barely stand or move when these attacks were coming and they were random y'all and once they started I had to wait hours until they waned I was freaking miserable and it was debilitating and I was terrified I went to like six specialists that all told me I was fine and it was just postpartum anxiety and I I fucking I just wanted my husband there with me as these doctors made me out to be just another crazy angry black woman and to hear how demeaning these doctors were being to me constantly reminding me that they were the doctors not me and I'm fine 
and I, they would just send me on my way and told me to continue to track my symptoms. They also strongly suggested for me to seek therapy and take Zoloft as they prescribed me that. And for what? What? To mute me and not my symptoms? Because that's what they wanted. I could tell they were sick of me coming in and they just wanted me to go away. And it wasn't until I had a severe attack that I went to the ER where I was treated by a black physician which, mind you, was the first black medical professional I had seen in either one of my pregnancies, that I found out that I was extremely hyperthyroid with postpartum thyroiditis, and I was having thyroid storms and was needing a beta blocker immediately to hopefully prevent my thyroid from attacking my body's systems before they were trying to prescribe me Zoloft. But now, now that I have life-threatening blood pressure and a heart rate that's literally through the roof, I was finally given the care I needed. It was that one single blood test that showed how low my thyroid levels were that literally saved my life. I was prescribed a beta blocker that lessened, lessened the symptoms but never got rid of them. And it was safe. Thank gosh it was safe so I can continue my nursing journey. And those attacks lasted for nine months. And it was, it was scary. And I thought that this was going to be my life for the rest of my life. And if I didn't trust myself and continue to allow everyone to gaslight me, who knows where I could be right now, you know? And it's really scary to think about and I try not to, but it's like the truth. Because thyroid storms are very dangerous. And there's so many things linked to your thyroid that I never thought. And no one believed me. Especially the medical professionals and doctors and specialists that had seen me. I had never been so scared in my life the day I left my house when my hematoma ruptured. I looked at my eldest and my four-day-old thinking that that was the last time I would see them. And that was the last time they'd see their mommy. I just, I went to the ER prior to the rupture because I wasn't feeling right and they just turned me away. But after it ruptured, after seeing all the blood and clots I was losing, I felt as though I was just going to be another maternal black statistic that no one believed until it was just too late. And the mistreatment to black mothers exist. You know, I am a survivor here telling her story, bringing light to the disparity that Black women see when it comes to seeking medical attention. During this whole entire thing, I, I literally thought I was the only woman on the planet that was going through this. And I, I almost thought that I was losing my mind over it. I thought that maybe they're right. Maybe I'm just this anxious, hormonally imbalanced thing, you know? And if you feel this way, but you know there's something wrong, that speaks to something. And I know that I'm not alone in this. And I know that there are many, many women out there that have suffered from the aftermath of a traumatic birth. And I just say be vigilant, you know, and never give up on yourself because this is for every single woman out there. Trust your instincts and intuition. 
Those are evolutionary survival traits set in place to keep us safe and alive. Instincts and intuition can save your life. It saved mine. And I am happy and healthy now. And I'm honored to share this story with you. Now, as we dive into the stereotypes, these stereotype names, y'all, and definitions are ugly. Okay, they're super ugly. And I despise their origin and their continuation of existence in Black women's lives. But here we freaking go. Today, I'm going to be working very closely to the article written for the Psychology of Women Quarterly by Associate Professor Dr. Lisa Rosenthal and Professor Dr. Marcy Lobel. And their article is titled Stereotypes of Black American Women Related to Sexuality and Motherhood. Now, there are three prevalent archetypes of Black women that date back to the period of North American slavery. They are the Mammy, the Sapphire, and Jezebel. And today I'm just going to go over two of them, and that's the Mammy and the Sapphire. And I will link all the articles used in this episode if you're interested in reading each one of them in their entirety. But the Mammy archetype is the image of an unattractive Black mother who is strong, mostly, you know, typically large in size and content in her caregiving role for many children in the service of white slave owners or white employers. Now, when I read this, I felt like a super nasty chill go up my spine because it brought me back to my first actual memory of being a mom out in public for the first time. Now, I had recently gave birth to my first son and I was 12 days postpartum and my husband had an ultrasound. And my husband is white, so naturally our son is fair skinned. And well, anyway, I was wearing my son, waiting for my husband to finish his visit, and an older lady came up to me and asked, oh, how old is the baby? And I was like, oh, he's 12 days old, you know, my proud little bundle. I was so excited to like show him off, and she just looked me up and down, and with this face of like discontent, she said, oh, are you the nanny? (laughs) I couldn't believe it, like... I'm postpartum, completely unable to regulate my hormones and emotions. So like tears instantly welled of like anger and sadness and like complete vulnerability. And I just said like, no, I'm, I'm his mom. And she just responded with a Oh, and walked away. Like this, this woman knew I wasn't the damn nanny. Like, like instead of me donning the new role of mother, I was seen as the help. And that is when the journey of my black motherhood began. Not motherhood, but my black motherhood, because I honestly really didn't believe that that kind of explicit racism and disrespect would be part of my motherhood narrative. I really gave more credit to society in the sense of motherhood and children. Like, no way, no way is somebody going to actually explicitly, you know, show their racism towards me and my children in public complete strangers well I was wrong and they did and it sucked and it still sucks just thinking about it now the sapphire or matriarch archetype is the image of the aggressive dominating angry emasculating black woman she is the one I am here to speak on and to the angry black woman 
See, I watched this TikTok recently, as many of you have recently found out by my awesome dance moves on my Instagram. I love me some TikTok. But it was that angry black mother coming into the room with like the slipper and throwing it and hitting her sleeping child in the face and demanding her to get up and do the damn dishes. Like this TikTok is like the reason why I'm doing this episode, because after all the work I've done to heal from this generational and social trauma, I realize as we perpetuate this image of the angry black mother, no one asks, why is the black mother so freaking angry? Why is this a stereotype? Why do people think that all black mothers look and behave just like this? And does the sapphire archetype put black mothers and children in danger to be judged and accused of mistreatment to her children? The reason is black women have been disproportionately cared for. And the disparity black women have to a mental health professional that they can be comfortable with is so disheartening. So according to the article written by Johns Hopkins, reviewed by Dr. Erica Martin Richards, she states, as a woman of color, you may want to find a healthcare provider who looks just like you or has similar life experiences. It's understandable, but difficult to do. Unfortunately, women of color make up less than 5% of psychiatrists, psychologists, and social workers available to treat patients. Less than 5%. In a medical system proven to be flawed against Black women, the Black woman is not only less likely to seek mental health wellness, but if she were to, there is less than 5% of professionals that she could relate to and feel comfortable with that could treat her. As black women and mothers, we do not have the access to the help we need to find healthy ways to heal from this generational trauma inflicted on our black mothers and their black mothers and on us. And it's, it's, the treatment is essentially non-existent. And instead of addressing these alarming statistics, we choose to laugh at them in TikToks and character movies. Well, I'm not laughing because I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like black mothers are so afraid for themselves and their children because of the state of the world right now with good reason to black maternal wellness is crucial. It's vital. It's emergent. Because a dysregulated, scared, and misguided woman of color needs to be seen and included in the conversation in the gentle and peaceful communities in general and everything. I, I'm hoping by me opening up this conversation that this conversation continues and there is more inclusive platforms out there that acknowledge the unique experience mothers, black mothers experience trying to heal and become more gentle, not only on their children, but themselves. That we as influencers, creators and mothers and experts, we keep the gentle black mother in mind as we create and support our community. And like, as we align together in normalizing gentle black motherhood, let, you know, the black mothers know that we do say we're sorry to our children and respect their space and their safety and their mental wellness and their autonomy. We are kind. 
we also have the unspeakable responsibility to keep ourselves and our children safe from the world and the dangers society brings when it comes to Black people. As I've stated in my Instagram, this is the fabric of my platform as it is me. I'm a gentle Black mother out here healing and finding the tools to remove the cloak that society continues to tell me to wear. I advocate for all parents, regardless of where you come from, that are trying their best to be better. And giving themselves no excuses as to why we would not treat our children with respect. Because the world depends on us raising these humans we brought into this world kind, emotionally intelligent, and resistant to societal norms preventing us to grow. I hope that this episode inspires you as much as this narrative inspires me every single day. I hope this episode speaks to your heart and gives you kind of an insight as to why I am so positive and why I'm so inclusive and why I choose the path of least resistance when it comes to gently applying what I'm learning now for myself and my children. If you liked what you heard today, you can find me on Instagram. If you want to share your stories, ask questions, tell me what you think. My DMs are always open. I also have a very inclusive parenting group on Facebook called The Gentle Co-Sleeper. Uh, you just answer the questions there and you'll have direct access to all things gentle parenting, attachment parenting, responsive parenting, all of those things. So until next time, I am so happy to have had this chat with you.